Hey, hi, hello. Welcome back to the HBO Boys podcast. This is one of your local boys, Ryan, doing a solo show for Hunter Hunter. This is season one, episode six, a surprising challenge. As I mentioned before, I am only one of your two HBO boys. We are also doing Lovecraft Country and Raised by Wolves at the moment as a duo show, which is the regular kind of show that we do. But every once in a while, we step outside the bounds. Outside of our comfort zones, if you will, and I will personally, to do a solo show, and I am doing one right now about Hunter Hunter because, you know, it was less than a half hour, and also, by the way, at this point, I like it. I like it a lot. I'm doing these podcasts faster. They're being put up once a week, but I'm putting them in the bank pretty quickly because I always want to record a show so I can watch the next one because I firmly believe if I watch the next one before a show that I've already recorded and written and need to do. Like, if I watch seven before I record six, I'm gonna ruin my perspective. And apparently my perspective is incredibly precious to me. Don't know why. Somehow it's a rule I made up in my head. You know those rules you just make up for yourself that if you told out loud to anyone else, like I'm doing right now, they'd be like, "Mm, okay, bud. It sounds like something that's very possible. And you're overthinking this one. But, you know, you do you. You do you, bud. But anyway, a surprising challenge, which the summary goes like this. After a scuffle with Hisaka, you know, the psycho magician who murders people with a goddamn playing card, Gon and his friends are able to safely make it to the site for the second phase of the exam. The examiners for the second phase are Menchi and Bahura. I think that's how you say those names. Their task is a cooking test. The applicants struggle to create a dish that satisfies the gourmet hunter Menchi. Will anyone be able to make something that satisfies Menchi? Question mark? I don't know who wrote that summary, but he said the word Menchi too many times. They mentioned the word Menchi too many times. Got him. As this episode started, and I was watching the intro, I noticed that the Apatosaurbro from last episode is the first strange beast that comes up. Although this version doesn't have all the strawberries, which is a very weird sentence, but you can never say I don't update you on the goings-on of the show as we all learn it slowly but surely. Although, if you're part of the crowd who has already watched this show, and you're just here to listen to a anime novice, a hunter-hunter beginner, go through the show, I welcome you as well, that strawberry bro back there. You know lots about that apatosauri, perhaps, or none at all. I don't know. I don't know what y'all know. You know so much more than me about this show. That's the conceit of your listening to this podcast, I assume. Or it can't be that you like me. That, wow, Ryan. Okay? Don't just like, this isn't therapy. This is a podcast. Are those the same thing? Yes, they are! So as we begin, our adventurers are waiting before phase two begins at the gate. Gone are arriving at the scene as everybody in front of the gate looks like they just ran a marathon. A what? A marathon. A what? A marathon. Because they actually did. In fact, they ran two marathons, and the second half of it, they were outrunning actual death. Gone and Pika Pika look around for Mr. Oreo, but at first only see Hisaka standing off to the side laughing like a madman, as he always does. And as you might recall, Hisaka was the one who brought Mr. Oreo back to the gate inexplicably. Then they see Mr. Oreo leaning up against a tree, and he got beaten up so badly that he doesn't remember what happened. And Gon plus Pika Pika decide not to tell him, which I think is a good move. He's a weak-minded brute with questionable ethics. Perhaps keep him away from any and all information possible. 
Kilowatt then finds Gon and our heroes, and Gon explains to him that he just followed the scent of Mr. Oreo's cologne all the way here, to which Kilowatt and the audience as well, I believe, remark simultaneously, wow, that's weird as fuck, but alright. Our heroes, plus the other hunters' applicants, have reached the Visca Forest Preserve, which is all around them, includes the swamp, and also includes the gate that they've arrived at. So Totes takes his leave as the first phase of the 287th Hunter exam is over, and I'm going to miss this weird, wiggly appendage bro. The gate then opens to reveal a mansion, in front of which is a woman with blue hair in five different pigtails and a gigantic dude named Bahura, who looks like if Snorlax was a person in a yellow shirt who assumably carries her around in the chair she's sitting in. I'm going to call him Snorlax Hodor. So as Snowdor speaks, he proves himself to be intelligent enough, which is surprising, as most shows would make him an oaf at his size, I think. But that's Hunter Hunter for you, always subverting expectations. As we zoom in on the mini ponytailed lady with glow stick green eyes, we learn that her name is Minchi, the examiner for the second phase, and she is wearing a mesh top over a bra and jean shorts, so I'm sure the Rule 34 crowd have already done their work with this character. Snowdor, who is the second examiner for the second phase of the 287th Hunter exam, mentions that he is famished, and that ends up being the second exam, cooking for Snowdor and Menchi, who are apparently quote-unquote gourmet hunters? I wonder if this phase will have as many deaths. Will cooking have as many deaths as running from giant monsters? I hope so. Also, they're gourmet hunters, which brings up kinds of hunters once more. Kilowatt mentioned in an earlier episode that there are kinds, and the kinds of hunters that there are, the possibilities, is one of the only things that I haven't ruined for myself with over-researching for this show. So I'm intrigued to learn all of them one by one. Then some dudes in the crowd laugh at the notion that they must cook for their second exam portion. We zoom out and we see Satotes McGoats watching from afar, which was awesome, because I'm so glad he isn't gone. And he says that Snowdor and Menchie's choice to be examiners might be problematic for a hunter exam applicant crowd who is ill-prepared to deal with them. He posits that fewer than 10 of them might pass this second phase. And then, like in many cooking shows, there is an ingredient of the day, which is pork, by the way, that all of the applicants must use in the meal that they are putting together for Menchie and Bahura. Or Snowdor, I'm sorry. I got his name wrong. Said pork, the applicants must find for themselves in the Visca Forest... As Snowdor hits his belly as a gong, the second phase begins and the crowd rushes into the forest, which is back out of the gate. Snowdor and Menchi remark that there's only one species of pig in Visca Forest, and that death is imminent, which is hilarious. That's a hilarious sentence. I'm glad that a pig might kill somebody. We're all going in the same direction, which is, right on, let's go see some murder having to do with cooking. The species they were talking about is called the Great Stamp. It is the world's most ferocious pig. And here is what the internet has to say about them. Great stamps are large pigs with pink skin, and they were black in the 1999 anime, which is a fun fact, and they have extremely powerful snouts. They have a pair of small pointed ears and short curling tails. Their teeth are sharp and pointed, which is great for crushing bones. Our heroes and the rest of the applicants run away from a great stamp stampede, which at that point, their name is making a lot more sense. Hanzo tries to shuriken them to no avail. That doesn't make sense. That's Genji's job, not Hanzo's, but I'm going to let it slide. And then, Toto, our hungry wrestler bro, throws a rock at them, but that doesn't even make a dent. Gon then tries to hit one with a fishing pole, which is dumb, and he fails. But to be fair, as he does so, the pig runs into a tree and is hit with an apple on the forehead, and that's when Gon learns that that is its weak spot, at which point all the applicants learn the secret at the same time and start bringing in full-ass pigs to start cooking on their spit roast after hitting them in the foreheads. 
Toto, the strong wrestler bro, is the first one to hand in his pig to Menchie and Snowdor, but his is overcooked, which is both true and a great yet intensely frustrating game on Nintendo Switch. Hanzo's is next, and he also doesn't pass because his is raw on the inside. It's important to know, Snowdor is passing all of them just because he's really hungry and likes food, but it's Menchie who is a tough critic and failing everyone without even trying to taste it. Gone Pika, Mr. Oreo, and Kilowatt notice that not one applicant has passed yet as everyone is just roasting the entire pig. But that still doesn't give them the boost to do something original, and they all fail nonetheless as Snowdor rubs his belly smiling and Minchie fails every one of them. So Totes, again, watching from afar in a very large tree, says that Minchie has reverted to her bad habits and calls into what I assume is Test Headquarters, which is a dirigible that looks like a cartoon bullet. In said dirigible is Beans! Beans is back! If you don't remember Beans, he's our little green Yoda with no ears, but he talks like in a normal cadence, unlike Yoda. He's just small and tiny and green. He's the best. Anyway, he's on the phone with Satotes, and he talks to the chairman about what they should do now, to which the chairman says he supposes it's time for a little outing. As we port back to the mansion, Hanzo says no matter how they cooked it, it was still going to be just pork, to which Menchie grabs him and says, if I hear any more crap from you, I'll shove my hand up your ass and knock your teeth out, which... I I was not expecting that. I was not expecting anyone in any anime I ever watched to say a sentence like that. It was truly surprising. I, you know, we are so spoiled with the quality and amount of entertainment we have these days that being surprised by a television show or a movie, I think, especially for me, doesn't happen very often. So when it does happen, it's such a gift. It's so cool. And she's saying, she's going to put her hand up his ass and fucking knock his teeth out. I was like, God, that is fun. You're fun. Then Toto, the strong wrestler bow, which is a tough thing to say over and over again. I don't know why I made myself do this. I could have changed it at any time, but I chose not to. Tries to start up a mutiny. And when told better luck next year, turns red and rushes Menchie, to which Snowdor smacks the shit out of him and sends him flying a few hundred yards. And then Menchie says... Hey, don't step into my battles for me, Snowdor. And Snowdor's like, listen, I know I shouldn't have, but I feel like if I didn't, you would have murdered him with all of the knives that you have. And it is revealed in that moment that she just has a shit ton of knives and she's flipping them and shit. She's doing stuff with the knives that makes you think, oh, she's good with those. She's not a knife novice. She then explains that even though she's a gourmet hunter and her deal is eating food and gathering ingredients, she is a hunter after all. And all hunters are skilled in martial arts. So, like, don't fuck with me, idiots. You guys are so dumb. Don't be dumb. Here, here's the second phase of the goddamn hunter exam. Listen, Mr. Oreo, fucking listen, because this is important for you. Don't be dumb. I know that's going to be hard for you. Listen, I still have a lot against Mr. Oreo. He can suck it. They keep trying to redeem him for me, and I will not allow it to happen. Me slamming my desk. Is that good for your guys' ears? Do you guys like that? I'm a fucking moron. Anyway, the Hunters Association shows up in their dirigible, and the head of the exam committee, Chairman Isaac Natero, drops from the sky doing a superhero landing. I think that's how you say his last name. Honestly, I'm not 100% sure. I wrote it down. I watched the episode yesterday. I'm trying my best. His vibe is that he has wooden sandals with tiny little stilts on them, and then a white robe. He looks like a kung fu-based old bro. While explaining to Menchi that she can't just fail everyone, he stares at her boobs which I also didn't expect this show to do. This show is great. And I know that it's weird 
that I say that right after the moment where an old chairman bro stares at a young woman's breasts, which he would be me too'd. Hashtag me too, for sure. It's just all, it was just another surprising moment. Something I did not think at all was going to happen. I just, I don't know. Did anyone see that old bro drop out of the dirigible and think he's a creep? And we're going to zoom in on a woman's chest who's he's staring at, who is his underling? I don't know. I just didn't. And also, like, he still seems like a good guy. But, like, dude, look at her eyes. She has eyeballs. I don't know. It's Again, I was just surprised. It was funny. And not cool, Natero. Come on. Menchi then tries to resign as examiner as she is embarrassed that she has reverted back to her angry ways. But Chairman Natero doesn't let her and instead says the applicants must do another challenge that she herself must also participate in. She agrees and says that the next food on the menu is to be boiled eggs and asks the chairman to take all the applicants plus her and Snowdor to Split Mountain. As described on the internet and in the show... Split Mountain is famous for its characteristic split in the middle that divides the mountain into two equal halves and for its strong ascensional currents inside the split. Ascensional currents. It's also the home to the spider eagles. Disconcerting. Ominous. Other words that build their nests between the cliffs on the split mountain with their webs. Nest webs. Not supposed to be in the same sentence. Ascensional currents is a fancy way, by the way, of saying updraft how dare the internet do this to me? Just say updraft. You don't have to say ascensional currents. Although, to be fair, TBF, it is fun to say. Everyone say ascensional currents. It's kind of rolls off the tongue. That's fun. It is told to us that the eggs are commonly known as dream eggs. The chairman remarks this as Menchi jumps headfirst down the ravine split in the mountain and does some gymnastic shit on the webs. Then, as she feels a slight gust, she free falls grabs an egg, and then lets the aforementioned ascensional currents bring her back up to the top. The chairman goes on to say that the updrafts help guide the newborn spider eagles to safety, and it will do so for the applicants as well if they do a good job and don't suck at this. As Toto, the strong wrestler bro, exclaims that this is crazy, and to be fair, I, I thought this dude was dead. I thought Snowdor hit him so hard that he was murdered, but he's not. He's back, and he's complaining. Kilowatt then says he is so psyched and says that he's been waiting for something like this as himself, Gone, Pika Pika, and Mr. Oreo all dive headfirst into the split before anyone else. And then everyone else joins them and they're all hanging on the webs waiting for the slight gust that Menchi had also waited for. The first dude who's hanging on the webs doesn't wait long enough and just drops to his death saying, <laughs> later, but then he fails and dies. And it was fucking hilarious i died laughing i don't know if you're supposed to just his hubris his confidence that it was gonna go well later guys <laughs> it's just so stupid i liked it so much i don't know what that says about me but we're all gonna move on gone says that the next wind is going to come up any minute at which point the rest of the applicants look at him like oh we should listen to this child. He seems confident. Then Gon literally smells the answer, lol, as the web they are all hanging on at the same time begins to break off the walls to add a little more suspense to the moment. A few more bros go before Gon says to, and the same thing happens. They fucking splat. That's, oh my god. On-screen deaths aren't supposed to make me laugh that hard. But I think it's just like a defense mechanism to the uncertainty and the surprise that I felt in that moment, which we will discuss a little bit more later at the end. I wrote a whole paragraph about it. I feel really great about it. 
Just as the web is about to snap, Gon yells, okay now, and they all go for it, grab an egg, and get blown back up. They freeze frame at the top, and Gon is smiling and having a good time, which is really fun, and he's just still like a little boy looking for a neat adventure. I don't know, I wanted to live vicariously through him in that moment. Just an amount of dumb confidence in his skill, and an ability to smile while also passing an exam with flying colors. I don't know if it's jealousy or envy. It's one of those that I felt in that moment. But also, like, joy? Just, like, psyched for him. It's at this moment that Chairman Natero and Minchi look back at the crowd of people who won't jump, including Toto, the strong wrestler bro. And Minchi makes fun of them while Natero says, hey, don't make fun of them. Conceding takes courage, too. Which is a goddamn good line. Have I mentioned that the show is great? It is. Okay, cool. The group then cooks up the eggs and eats them, remarking that they are much better than store-bought eggs. We see that the Rookie Crusher, the three dickhead Amori brothers, Hanzo, the Black Jester, and a dude they keep showing but I haven't met yet, I think, who I'll call Pink Hat Archer Guy, and the internet says name is Pockle, are all standing there in the crowd and still in the game and they're eating their eggs. I've also definitely seen the character named Ponzo, but I haven't met her yet. The internet just told me that that person has a name and I've definitely seen her but I don't know where she is. She's standing somewhere. While looking up Pockle, I totally ruined a thing for myself, by the way. I now know who the green-suited bro is, you know, Hasaka's accomplice, but I'm not going to, like, tell y'all. I'm sure a lot of you know already. I'm going to keep it a secret. I just keep ruining things for myself while over-researching. The characters in this show experience a lot of hubris, and so do I on the internet. Gon then offers Toto his egg, which makes Minchi look on over at, and she favors the dialogue between Gon and Toto in that moment. And then she walks over to them as Toto remarks that it is delicious. And Minchi says that the joy of finding something delicious is the feeling that the gourmet hunters risk their lives for every day. At that moment, Toto concedes to Minchi and says that he'll be back next year. And then a wild narrator appears! You guys don't even know how much I shake to do that voice. I'm like... (laughs) The applicants have learned a valuable lesson. Whether Blacklist or Gourmet, no one comes by the title of Hunter easily. I will remind everyone that Blacklist means Bounty Hunter. It's the Mandalorian, basically. And the show is educational as much as it is fun. And by the show, I mean this podcast. The narrator goes on to say that there are only 42 candidates left which I desperately hope is a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy reference. And now here's the paragraph I was talking about earlier. This show continues to be surprising multiple times in every episode. Something will happen that I would not have ever thought or even ventured to imagine was going to happen. The cringing lines, there are some cringe lord lines for sure, but they're balanced out by moments of brilliant writing. And Mr. Oreo is speaking a lot less these days, which makes him less annoying. Plus, I think the part of this show that is the best is that There are on-screen deaths, and they're both disturbing and hilarious at the same time. I swear to God, man, those dudes who fell into the pit and screamed all the way down dying, I know that it was probably not supposed to be a comedic moment, but holy shit, man. Sometimes the best way to respond to surprise is to laugh, and I hope that this show keeps doing that to me. As much as I have an incredible amount of nostalgia for Dragon Ball Z and Pokemon... Both of those shows never had any moments like when the chairman zoomed in on Menchie's boobs and also a bunch of dudes just fell down a fucking hole and died. That's some special shit, man. Not every show takes that kind of swing. Not every show pulls it off. And not every show sticks that landing. And this is a special show. So far. 
And I just want to keep watching it. I want to keep doing these episodes so I can keep watching it very quickly. I would be binging this. I would have watched 20 to 30 episodes if it wasn't for this podcast I was doing about it. I'm not, like, blaming you guys. I'm blaming myself, okay? Everything's fine. So, yeah, that was episode six. Episode seven is called Showdown on the Airship. They're going to be on the dirigible, and they're going to be, I don't know, having some sort of adventure. Hasaka in a encapsulated place. I look forward to seeing that. That seems like it might go poorly. I wonder if Gon has ever been on anything that flies before. Probably not, right? He lived on an island his entire life, all 12 years of it. Anyway, I'm just excited that this episode of this podcast is over so I can go watch the next episode. That's what I'm going to go do right now. Thanks, guys, so much. Oh, my God, I didn't do Patreon in the beginning. I'm such a fool! Patreon.com slash HBO Boys, Boys with the Z. Please go give $1 or more a month. You get this podcast, particularly the Hunter Hunter one, a week beforehand at the very least on the Patreon. You get a bunch of bonus content that James and I put together. It's the only way that we make money. We don't do ads on the show. We would, to be honest with you, but no one is offered. So again, that's patreon.com slash HBO boys. Boys with a Z. Go head on over there. It's just a dollar. Come on. I say that too much. I say a lot of things too much. I'm a very self-critical, but it's like in a confident way. <laughs> Masking insecurities. Anyway, you guys and gals are super dope. And thank you so much for listening to this thing. And I'll see you next time. Okay, bye. Bye.